Hey friends, you are listening to a replay of one of the most popular episodes of season one or season two of the Overcome to Become podcast. I will also be dropping a few bonus episodes as well throughout the summer. We will be back in full effect with an exciting brand new season in early September. So get ready for that. Will you do me a huge favor? I need your prayers for me while I am reflecting, praying, and prepping for season four, as well as spending much needed quality time with family and friends. And I hope you have some time set aside for rest, relaxation, and fun with those you love as well. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and through my email newsletter. If you haven't signed up, if you haven't followed, hop on over there and do that right now. The link is in the show notes. I'm going to be sharing some summer vacation updates as well as sneak peeks into season four. Now, if you're ready, let's hop into the episode right now. Do you feel the tug or pull in your heart calling you to more? Do you feel like it is too late or that you're too broken to pursue the dream in your heart? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Latasha and welcome to the Overcome to Become podcast. Pull up a seat and join me each week for real talk, life-changing truths and actionable takeaways. We are diving into any and everything that has been holding you back from becoming who you were meant to be in every area of your life. Welcome back. Today we are going to dive right into why we want change, but nothing really changes. So what's keeping us from making that one decision, from pivoting, from going in a different direction when we know everything within our hearts is screaming for a change. Some of you, maybe you started your quiet time that I talked about last week and it went well for maybe a couple of days and then you found yourself falling right back into the same pattern that you were before. Many of us, how many of us have gone on yo-yo diets and we said we're going to have different habits, we're going to organize better, you name it, better relationships, but we kind of slip right back into the same pattern that we had before. So this is something that I've really wrestled with personally for years. And today I'm going to reveal the things that held me back. And though our situations may, may be a little different, I'm sure many of you will be able to relate. So let's dive right into the first one. So for me, what I really struggled with is the thought of investing so much into something and then feeling like we can't afford to pivot. You know, I stayed, as I said in my last episode, in a relationship longer than I should have because I felt like I had so much invested, good times, bad times, feelings, years, emotional investments, and I was just not open to entertaining or leaving all of that behind, letting it go. Because, you know, letting it go meant I had to admit that maybe I should have made that decision a long time ago. I didn't want all that I had strived for to be nothing, to really be a waste of time is really what it seemed like to me. And then now really honestly reflecting, I was not going to get back anything that I had already spent. I was not going to be able to buy back time and reuse it. All of it was gone. All of it was spent. So I was caught. And you know, we get caught in, in this trap And there's actually a name for it, this mistaken belief based on unsound argument. It's a fallacy. Economists call this the sunken cost fallacy. Now, before you wonder if you've tuned into a behavioral economics lesson, just follow me for a little bit. Sunken cost fallacy is when we continue a behavior or endeavor because of previously invested resources, time, money, and effort. So in other words, instead of letting go of something and moving on, 
pivoting and making a different decision, we remain in the same relationship. We remain in the same job we hate. We continue the friendship that is sucking the very life out of us. We clean the plate of food that is so-so, right? It's meh at best, but we finish all of it. We continue watching the movie that we know is just awful. And there's other things that we do and we continue with those and we refuse to let go because of the investment that we've placed into that. So our fear of losing what we feel like we've invested is greater than our realization of what we could actually gain. But how many of us have done that, have sat through a movie, stayed in a relationship, finished an entire plate of food because of the money or time that we've spent and we've said to ourselves, I'm not leaving this movie. I spent $12.58 to get in here. I'm going to get my money's worth. But then you've spent three hours sitting in that movie theater all for what, right? The money has already been spent. Whether you stayed or you left the movie, you could have at least saved the time, right? So in actuality, you're not gaining anything. We're not gaining anything by remaining there, by staying in that relationship or finishing that food. And so that's one of the things that kept me in that place. And to this day, I still struggle at times with thinking about, well, I might as well continue with fill in the blank because I'm thinking about what I've already invested. When the truth of the matter is, Yes, we've already invested that, but it's already spent and we can't get it back, whether it's time, resources, money, emotions, whatever it might be. You know, Romans 8 and 28 says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So yeah, the time that was wasted, that you feel is wasted, the money that you've spent, all those things that you feel that you need to now hold on to, to justify your decisions, even though you're feeling the pulling and the tugging to go in a different direction. Listen, God will use all of those things and he will turn them around to work out for your good. Nothing is wasted. So the money that you spent, Again, all those things that are gone, all those things God can use, and he is well able to use those things and turn them around for your good. So if he is beckoning you to go in a different direction, don't allow what you've already invested to pull you away or distract you from the next step that he's trying to take you into. Here's a second reason why we want change, but nothing changes. True change requires admitting that we made an error in judgment. Ooh, how many of us love to admit that we're wrong? I know we all like to think that we're humble little lambs, but the truth of the matter is pride puffs up in us and we don't like to say when we're wrong. Maybe we move too fast, move too slow, made a decision without first seeking wisdom from God, without weighing all of the options out. But even though we would like to believe that pride does not reside in our hearts and we are just full of humility, it's there and it's lurking and ready to puff up like yeast and dough when we least expect it and pride clouds our judgment. It's the thing that keeps us in that place. So when we think about sunken cost fallacy, the first reason that I gave that always held me back. We don't want to make a different decision. Yes, because of the things that we've invested, but also then you add pride to that. I'm not only going to not leave this movie theater 
because I've spent $12.58, but now I'm full of pride and I'd be embarrassed to leave this movie theater because then I'd have to admit that I chose a movie that was wrong or that I should have made a different decision. So combine that pride with stubbornness and it can cause us to endure some very hard hardships and pitfalls that could very well have been avoided. Third reason why we want change, but nothing changes. We're afraid of the unknown. Fear is an ugly, multi-headed monster, friends. It's deceptive, right? And it creeps into the little cracks when we least expect it. Fear of what others might say. Fear of what is next. Fear of how you're going to manage to pick up all the pieces and put them back together again, right? How is that going to look? How are you going to do that? Fear of the unknown future. What if it isn't better than where I am now? What if the grass is actually as green as it's going to get right now and it's not better in the future? What if I realize that once I change, that what I left is actually better than what I'm going into? Let's think about that last one. That one really is a doozy and has been for me. That last one, fear of the unknown future, keeps us frozen in place. But what I now know and understand is that if God is calling us to something different, he's calling us to let something go and launch into something new and different, then though we don't know what's coming next and we're unsure of what's going to happen next, he does. And he's fully aware of what's going to happen. Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Again, God knows and his ways are better. His plans are better, right? He can see far into the future further than we can. And though we may wonder what's going to happen next and I'm comfortable where I am because that's another thing that keeps us where we are. We're afraid of being uncomfortable. We're afraid of trying to adjust to something even though where we are stinks, even though where we are is not working. That friendship is not a good friendship. Even though you guys have known each other since elementary school, since pre-K, that's the only thing that's that's keeping you in that relationship, but you know that relationship is horrible to your health, to your mental well-being. It is not good that you guys are friends, but you stay there and you remain. And why do we do that? Because we think, wow, friends are so hard to come by. And I don't want to go and be vulnerable to somebody else. I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to even go out there and do all of that. So I remain, we remain and we stay and we struggle in that, right? But what we have to do, as we stated last week, is let go of those things that we don't know what's going to happen and trust that if God is unctioning us and he's pressing us to move forward, that he knows exactly the new friendships that are gonna come our way. He knows exactly the new job that is going to open up. He knows all of those things in advance far better than we do. Here's my last point. Why we want change, but nothing changes. Change is hard and change requires work. And not just outside work, if we want permanent change, it requires the hard work of hard work. See, true change requires for us to look inward. And it's so much easier for us to look outward than inward. 
That's why reality TV shows are all the rave. Have you wondered why people love to watch other people living in a house together, living in an island together? Because it's so much easier to look and judge and pick apart other people's lives than it is for us to look inward. We love looking at other people's windows. It also helps us avoid our own issues, right? Gives us an escape. We're going to dive a little bit more into that in the next coming episode, But change is a process that does not happen overnight. It's a process that requires us to look in the mirror more than we are comfortable doing. And I don't mean the physical mirror, but an internal mirror. And in our society, if we can't get something quick, if that food can't be heated up up in the microwave, if we can't stick it in the air fryer or the pressure cooker and be done quickly, most of us don't want anything to do with it, right? Whatever happened to the slow cookers? The last I check, I love a good roast. I love some good beef stew in the slow cooker. That's another topic. But the point is, we get in such a rush to get through the process And if the change doesn't come quickly, if it takes more than an hour, it takes more than a day, more than a week, we put it off because we don't have time to do it and we want it to happen quickly, not thinking how long it actually took for us to get into that habit, how long it took for us to to grow that type of personality and those habits, but we want them to be gone overnight. Change is a process. It requires that we face the dark places, the ugliness, the hidden places, you know, those cracks and crevices that we cover up, you know, those skeletons in the closet that are jammed shut in there, the chest that's packed and is about to burst at the seams. It requires us to look at those places, right? Those places that we've overlooked over the years and we've tried desperately to forget. And we definitely don't want anyone looking in that closet. Most of all, This is a work, a heart work that only God's Holy Spirit can do through and in us once we surrender. There's that word again, surrender, right? There's no way around that. Surrender isn't a one-time thing, as we said before, but it is a daily, it is a minute by minute, second by second decision that we have to make. And when we're thinking about the process of change, why we want change, but nothing really changes is really What it boils down to is we want a temporary fix. Can I be honest, right? Can I dig in your closet for a minute? We want temporary change. We really don't want long lasting change and we don't want to do the work behind what's required to have the long lasting change. We want people to see us to appear as changed, but deep down inside, we don't want it to go any further than that. Friends, change is hard and it's messy but it is a necessary part of our journey. Is it a perfect process? By no means. We stumble and fall along the way. And it is at that low point when we're frustrated, tired, and really at our wits end that the beckoning of our past behaviors and habits become the most enticing, right? It's at that point where you get tired of eating the kale and drinking the juices or whatever it is. It's at that point where you feel like, ugh, I just cannot do this anymore is when those habits come calling back to us, right? Then we start ignoring the truth of why we need it to change. And we start buying into this lie that we should just be okay with where we are and what we're doing. And and we give ourselves excuses that where we are is enough. 
when really our hearts are longing for more. Here's my one small practical step for you this week. When you're in your quiet time and you're praying and you're reading and you're journaling, and I'm going to keep coming back to that quiet time because that for me, friends, is just such a crucial time and it's helped me so much in my walk and in my journey. While you're in that quiet time and you're praying and you're reading and you're journaling, I want you to think about this topic or journal on this specific topic. What is the one thing that is within your control that you need to change or that needs to be changed? Now, I did emphasize within your control because if you're like me and you've looked at this, your mind immediately goes to all the people in your life that need to change and what they need to do differently. But this one is specifically about you. And then I want you to think about what fear, what are the things that we talked about earlier in the episode? Is it the sunken cost fallacy? what you've invested? Is it the fear of the unknown? Is it fear of the work that has to be done in order to make that change? Yes, growth is hard and change is hard. The season of process for some of us is harder than hard. But I wanna assure you that it is not impossible and you are not alone in this journey. I know exactly how it feels to want to just run and hide and avoid this part of our life altogether. But I want to encourage you with all that I have within me to to let yourself feel uncomfortable, to lean in to God's strength when we feel our weakest. You know, in Hebrews, it says that we have a high priest of ours who understands our weaknesses and he was faced with all the same testings as we were yet without sin. And we should come to his throne boldly to receive mercy and grace in the time that we need it the most. I don't know about you, but I need God's mercy and grace every second of every day. And it is there not for us to earn, not for us to work for, but for us to receive. And so when we look and we journal and we reflect on the areas that need to be changed, that is an opportunity for us to open up our hands and our hearts to receive God's grace and allow his grace to change in us what we cannot change in ourselves. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I am so humbled and I appreciate you all so much. Before you go, please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.